The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Sterling Marlin will be the guest for the show. I'm man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped that Sterling Marlin's here. I mean, man, this has been one that's been requested and we've been waiting for a long time. What I told you to be kicking my ass with cowboy boots. <laughs> I'll be going around a circle. <laughs> broke his collarbone twice. What? His collarbone. Yeah. You broke your dad's collarbone. Wrong with a go kart. Oh, he, okay. he, he kept jumping out at me. And I dodged. I said, I ain't dodging this time. I come back. You ran over him? Yeah. You well, ran over your dad? I, I thought he was, was going to jump out of the way, and he didn't. You know, a lot of people would, uh, would want us to touch on the the 2001 Daytona 500. I'm getting literal death threats about this, about, you know, people thinking I had something to do with this. Let's talk about Parkinson's. When did you recognize that you, you might have something going on? I get out of bed in the mornings, and I trip, trip in the house. And I said, what the hell wrong, man? I couldn't hook my seatbelt on my helmet. We talk right at times. But uh, at six, still six feet above ground. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. This is episode 411. This is Thursday, February 9th, 2023. Um, basically, man, we're going to recap uh, a bit of what we went through this week. Uh, we had Sterling Marlin on the show. And uh, we certainly want to talk about that. Um, he was here in the Bojangles studio, uh, and uh, it was it was pretty interesting to listen to some of the things that he had to tell us. But, uh, Mike, um, let's get right into it, man. Sterling Marlin. Sterling Marlin was uh, somebody that's long been requested, somebody we wanted to. And I'll just go, go ahead and, and, and say right off the jump, we knew that it was probably going to be difficult to, you know, understand some things. And I don't, you know, I know that uh, yesterday when, when we dropped the podcast, you know, some people may have to try a little harder to, to kind of make out some things. He's battling Parkinson's, guys. And we didn't, that, that does not need to be a reason why we don't have Sterling Marlin on the show. Sterling Marlin needed to be on the show. Um, and, and I'd love to have him back one day. So the fact of the matter is it was great to see him. What did you think uh, just from, the conversations that we had that, that we had with him, what were your just immediate impressions from yesterday? I was glad that we. Um, I was glad he said that uh, because yeah, it, it's times at times it's difficult to understand Sterling, but um, with everything that is accomplished in his career and who he is and what he means to the sport, uh, we certainly want to get him in here and talk to him. Um, it was good to see him. Good to you know talk to him about his uh, battle with Parkinson's and and how he's managing that. Um, these are personal topics and conversations that that you're trying to um, interject yourself into, and it's uh, can be a bit uncomfortable at times. But um, Sterling seemed uh, happy to discuss that with us. Um, we touched on the 2001 um, Daytona race a little bit briefly. Uh, I really didn't know what else to to say about that. You know, I know how do you um, when. Uh, when he came to me that day at Rockingham a week after Dad's crash and said, hey, man, would you mind doing me an assist here and telling people to get off my back? They're literally giving me death threats. And I thought, 
yeah, I can handle that. I can clean that up for you. And I didn't, I hadn't, we didn't ever, we never talked about it afterwards. Um, so that stuck in my mind as like, you know, what kind of, you know, how, if he didn't have any guilt or any have, didn't have any, you know, concern or doubt about involvement in what happened that day, that, you know, getting death threats about it certainly would have an impact on your psyche, psychological feelings, right, about it, right? So um, he seemed like it's not th- something that bothers him, not something that he uh, worries about, which is good. Um, you know, in, in talking to uh, the folks that are with him uh, during the interview, they said that, you know, they told me they like, you know, Sterling probably once a month watches the last 10 laps of that race. Wow. Yeah. So Sterling wouldn't open up about it, but they said, um, the, you know, he came in, he came to the studio with a group of people and uh, yeah. some friends of his and so forth. And which we like that. We like people to be here and support the people. And it makes the person in the chair more comfortable, whatever. Well, they said, you know, about once a month, he watches the last 10 laps of that race and maybe looking at what might have could have been done or happened differently and that it still bothers him. And he wouldn't share that with us, which is fine. Right. But, um, you know, that I hate that. Yeah. You know, and I hope that, um, you know, hope that him coming here today uh, and talking to us and, uh, you know, Hopefully, I'm sure he's got other things to worry about than than something that happened 20 years ago. But the fact that um, that he might still, you know, think about that day and what might could have happened differently, or um, that's sad. It is. I mean, I don't. Uh, I certainly do not go back and watch it. Right. Um, and I do not wonder what might have happened differently or could have been done differently. Um, it, it. I do that with my own races now. You know, I watch. I watch races of my of my own and think about what might have happened, but I'll never never had that problem with that particular event, and and so that that must must be difficult. It occurred to me while we were talking to him early on, I didn't realize that he he mentioned something. It was very pat, it was very quick. It might have been difficult for the listeners to hear, but he said I loved him. Right when we started talking yeah. about Dale Earnhardt, he said I loved him. Right out of the top. Yep. And uh, th- then as you started bringing up the 2001 race, it occurred to me, you know, the <laughs> fact that he had to come to you and ask your help for the, to, to try to, you know, eliminate the death threats, he wasn't even able to grieve right. And maybe he's actually still grieving. And I've noticed this. I don't like to go overstate these things and over-dramatize these things, but it certainly has occurred to me on this show over the years that, some of the people that we've had on here are still sort of processing all that went on, you know, some 21, 22 years ago. Yeah. And I, you're right. He didn't really want to go open up that. And, um, you gave him an opportunity. He, um, he said he doesn't think about it, but it's, it, it appears that he does. And that maybe it's, he's still trying to cope with it and trying to, you know, grieve somebody that he says he loved. Yeah. I insert, I, I enjoy talking to him about, um, how he kind of piecemealed his career together there for a while before he got the full-time ride in in the 44 Piedmont car. I really am, you know, kind of fascinated by that work ethic or that effort to to sort of, you know, find rides, calling people up, calling Hell Ray. Hey, can I take your car to the track? Yeah, you want to build it? Yeah, if you want to crew it, build it, everything else. Yeah. You know, 
having to be resourceful. Um, it's fascinating to me. Plus, then, why do you leave one team to go to another, right? Why do you leave Morbin Clure, this thing that seems to be working really well, and go and and drive for uh, Junior Johnson? Right. That you know, in my mind, when he went to the twenty-two, I thought, well, that's not better. Um, what if that you know, a second car looked at uh, that was the B car. The Bud number eleven was always going to be Junior's prime top piece, and the second car was never going to be as good or perceived to be as good, mm-hmm. right? And perception's a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, but here's Sterling. He's like, hell yeah, I was, uh, Junior Johnson, man, kick ass. You know, we're going. I was fired up. And then when he left, he leaves, he leaves and goes to Sapco, right? And um, it's like, why did you – actually, I think he was – He answered that I, one. He just <laughs> Felix has money. I think I kind of got that backwards. Um, he left the 44, the 94, and goes to junior. That's right, yeah. because the, the, that uh, Hamby had been sold to that Wayne is that, is that Well, I'm just saying I got it a little bit backwards, but he leaves the 44 team um, to go to the B car on the 22 uh, for junior. Then he leaves uh, the four and goes to Sabco. That's right. And he made sense of it. He's like, you know, I took Glover with me and all those people from the four. He, he took what he thought made the four car work with him. And Right. Um, now I remember, you know, now that we – you forget about those details. You yeah. forget about all the little, you know, pieces that move around. And I'd always wanted to ask him about breaking his neck, leading the points, leading, you know, a championship-style year. And he literally had to, you know – Call in and and say, "Hey, man, I'm not, I'm, I'm done this year." Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of the end of Sterling's. It, oh, 100. I mean, that was his best year, and he never even came close to having a yeah. year like that. Jamie goes and wins in his second start. Jamie kind of he was the heir apparent at that yeah. point. I like it, it. Really was the end for for Sterling. It was. I remember that year very well because it was my first year in the sport, and I was just captivated captivated by it all. My driver was a teammate of Sterling, so while, you know, my driver was sucking out there, Sterling had the world on fire. And so this, uh, uh, you know, I, I was – I remember a lot of those wins. He was so good. That car was amazing. Yeah. That silver bullet, man. It was so good. <laughs> it was good that year. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody thought they had trash control. We I, go to – I think they – I thought they did too. Maybe they did. But um, we, I know we went to Martinsville and sat in a driver's meeting and, and NASCAR held up a – of a, a like a electronic and said we got out we got information that leads us to believe teams may be using traction control or something like it in this garage and if we find it better trust it's going to be a massive problem for you i remember this now because it was like anybody that was running good you just sort of started going are they running the well, traction control when sterling started running that good Everybody just started. That's what I'll, I mean, I kind of tried to allude to him, and that's another difficult thing to do in this chair is when you're sitting across from a guy going, you know, you kind of, you, you, people weren't sure about your talent, you know? Right. So you win one Daytona 500 and people call it a fluke. Right. Now you win, you back and win back to back, and that, that, that adds, you know, that credit, that makes the first one creditable. It's hard to figure out how to word that without offending them or pissing them off. Yeah, because it pissed you off when it happened to you. Jimmy, J- Jimmy did the same thing yeah. in a very public way. 
But so, I, I understand. That makes sense. Yeah. So when Sterling had that, you know, that championship style or championship s career or season, everybody, a lot of people thought that you know, well, they're they're doing something. Um, and it's Ganassi, but he's got that IndyCar technology. Woo. Yeah. What could that be? You know, that IndyCar technology. <laughs> I, that's right. That's yeah. exactly what people were saying. Uh, the one thing I, you know, hopefully this comes off in the you know the television production. NBC and Peacock are not going to start airing episodes until the week after the Daytona 500. I hope. I hope they do this one. Yeah. Um. Uh. But but. I don't know if they will. It's not our call. But my point on this is that if they don't, we will have videos that certainly show the facial expressions of Sterling. I know it would have been difficult to hear. I know that he, uh, you know, at times he rocked back and forth and he'd get away from that mic a little bit. But he just he's battling the Parkinson's, right? Like he was doing battling the Parkinson's during the conversation. But his facial expressions was the same old Sterling, like the joking, like he yeah. would he would give you that smile and like the, especially when he starts talking about the hijinks that he used to pull, or like you know when they're going trying to dry the track at Pocono or <laughs> just those things. Man, that was what Sterling Marlin was so – that's his legacy. It was just a fun guy that there would just never be another guy like him. Yeah, he was unique. O'Reilly Auto Parts, man, they are in the business of keeping your car on the road. They offer friendly and helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. You know the jingle? Oh, yeah. We're going to do the jingle at the end of this. Nice. I all can't right? wait for it. Yeah, so listen – Listen to the end. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your car. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, You'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, they're friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto. Do it yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com. That's O'ReillyAuto.com. O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Ow! <laughs> you better put that in there hey mike um something great about this thursday show when we do interviews we often uh either run out of time or something slips our mind you know yeah and we can't go back right and, and get that person back in the room and ask them a question but with this thursday show this gives us a chance to try to get that person on the phone to be able to get that last bit of information. And there's one particular thing that I need to ask Sterling. Oh, what is it? Well, I mean, obviously, I'm uh, a big fan, I suppose, of the L.W. Wright NASCAR D.B. Cooper Oh, my God, story. yes. He was involved in that, wasn't he? Yeah, he rented, he rented L.W. Wright the car. And recently, L.W. Wright's come out there. There's a man that's come out that says, I'm him. And you know, certainly we need to hear from uh, Sterling's side not only what Sterling experienced back at Talladega in 1981, but now that this guy's come out to say he's L.W. Wright, what does Sterling think about that? Right. So let's try to call him up. Dude, he's, yeah, call Sterling, him up, yeah. Sterling's still in town. He's visiting a few folks while he's here, so uh, maybe we can catch him before he goes home.
Hey, Sterling. Yes, sir. Hey, it's Junior. What's going on, man? Hey, man, just wanting to call you back. I'd uh, thought about our conversation yesterday and had a couple things I forgot to ask you about, and I wanted to ask you. All right. Well, you got a minute? Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. Hey, um, so I've always been fascinated by L.W. Wright and that story. Huh. And um, obviously, I don't know if you've heard, but in the last – year he sort of came out to uh there's a minute man that came out and said that he was lw right yeah did you see that i saw it yeah was it him i i can't remember really what it looked like oh man so you were the one that rented lw right the car in talladega yeah yeah i got to trade a car and so where did that car come from it was a a car that i bought from uh about from. I bet you. Yeah, I didn't know it, but the 60s started with it. And uh, I rented one race somewhere. I'm short and fall. Yeah. Come back. Didn't have any money. So I sold it. But he, he come to the house. He don't tell the phone. Act like he's talking to
in a way has kind of been looked at as the DB Cooper of, of NASCAR. And in a way it really is that like, you know, even if the guy does come out and uh, identify himself, I mean, the way it all goes down is pretty damn cool and crazy. Um, let's talk about quickly the 2002 Daytona 500. Uh, you get, you know, one of the things that we see on social media from everybody is, um, the story of you getting out of the car and pulling on the fender. He can't do that is what they holler over the radio broadcast. Oh, yeah. Right? You knew, did you know, I guess, when you were getting out of that car, you either had to come down pit road to fix it or you were going to try to fix it on the back straightaway one way or another. Yeah, well, I was going to put it out and fix it or uh, pit. You see, I knew it was smoking pretty bad. Yeah. But that's what the hell, you know. I'm going to tear this car up and something else, too. You had to take your – so you – so you took your chance getting out of the car there. And, and Glover said, can you see what's wrong? I said, what's going to be cutting? He said, well, put it out. Okay. Yeah. That's when, you, that's when you, the crowd was right there. Were you mad that they put you, uh, you know, black flagged you because of that? Were you upset or well, did you understand? The, the old rule that would finish under caution, you know. That's the first time they throw it in it. Stop them. This is going to last two laps. Again, you know, have. So I, I still want to race. Yeah, you think you, but, you're still pretty hot? You're still pretty salty about it. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. <laughs> That's good to know. Um, would you do anything different? Probably if I'd do it again, I'd sit in the car and blow tires, hell, blow something out of his wall, you know. Yeah. He's going going for the win. Go, yeah, I got you. Well, we I don't we, I don't think any of us want to see what would happen uh, if you did not got if you did not got out of the car to pull that fender. I think you did the right thing by getting out to try to fix it. I don't know, man. NASCAR maybe should have let you be able to work on it. You know, you know, you're one man back there. You know, yeah. Ain't, oh, like, yeah. The whole, ain't like the whole crew's changing entirely. I broke my damn fingers too. Winning it back up. Oh yeah. I'm gonna get one more tug. And you finally got and it. I, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, we had a lot of fun talking to you yesterday. I know I told you that. Yeah, I appreciate times. it. It was good. Yeah, we enjoyed it, man. And. I know you're in town visiting everybody. That's good to know that you spent a couple of days while you're here seeing everybody, and I know you're going back home soon, but I hope you had a great trip. I hope you got to see a lot of good friends. What happened was, on the fender, too, yeah. to full race, race car had a checklist, and the fabricator, I had the glove rope note, uh, put the trim, right front fender, quarter and each. Yeah. And didn't do it. Oh, no. So if he'd have done that, maybe your fender wouldn't rub? It cost me and had dollars. Yeah. That's what it paid. I mean, a million. Well, not about Gammy, but you know, he starts to argue you're going to win the damn race. You know, three to go. Yeah. Well, y'all were fast back then. That thing, oh, that damn silver bullet was a rocket. You bet. Don't take cars a week. That's a pretty short period of time, considering most yeah. people spend all summer, all winter on their on their oh, yeah, Daytona yeah. stuff. She <laughs> did. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for letting me call you back and you get anything, call talk anything. to you. Yeah. Have a good, safe tra uh, trip home. All right, we'll do it. All right, Sterling, we'll see you. Thank you, thank man. All right, bye. All right, man, I'm glad we did that. Dude, that's fantastic. Okay, so I had so many things that came across my mind just listening to you guys talk. First of all, boy, does Sterling Marlin, I think, is like Ken Schrader when he knows every single dollar that he's made or could have made. He knows the purse money. I mean, like, just in the conversation from Wednesday to even what he just brought up now, he knows how much that – move that uh that glover didn't do yeah 
that he forgot on the checklist cost him. Cost me half a million dollars. Yeah. Cost me half a million dollars. <laughs> and I'm like, dang, that guy knows every dollar that he's made and hasn't made. So I, that's something. I know. A lot of people know what they've spent or know some details about things that have happened, but he, he knows what he didn't win. That's right. I mean, that's and it really eats at him. that's really taking uh, taking that's really uh, interesting that he can retain uh, the type of information like that. It is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, what did you think about his LW right? Well, um, so if I can be quite honest, um, LW right or a man saying he's LW right came out in the last year, mm-hmm. and man, I mean, it really get, it left me with more questions than answers about you know what what went on. And I don't know that, you know, I, I didn't, the, the questions that I would have wanted to ask L.W. Wright or this man posing as L.W. Wright didn't get asked. And I, and I just didn't, I feel like the mystery of the story was, uh, the air come out of the balloon a little bit. So the mystery of the story was cooler than whatever revelations we got in the past years. What I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I understand that. Listen. Whether it's really a true mystery or not isn't necessarily the point for me. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the idea that it could be, right? And trying, you know, if we're going to have a guy that comes out and says, I'm L.W. Wright, and we're going to add credibility to every um, excuse that he has, damn, we're taking the mystery out of this, inc- <laughs> this really cool story. So I believe that, Sterling propped up the mystery. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he gave it life. Right. <laughs> I agree. He said basically what we all thought all along. You know, the funny part that we didn't know was the guy was scared to get in the car, didn't want to practice. It was like climbing <laughs> right. into an electric chair. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, and then, you know, the guy, they truly disappeared. Sterling was there. He said, I was there with the car the whole time, crew chiefing it. And... Um, rec- you know, recognized right away the guy was a fraud. And then when the guy get, you know, Sterling tells him to park it because he won't mash the gas and he's scared to go. Um, the guy gets to, takes the car to the garage and while Sterling and them are, ga- ga- I, su- I assume, gathering up the pits to bring all that stuff back toward the garage area, they get back and the truck and trailer's gone, the car's gone. Okay. Sterling had to go all the way to around Nashville somewhere where he lived. To get the car, find it. It was stuffed in a garage, a barn. Yeah, all of that to me props the mystery back up that this guy was a con man. Um, if that's L.W. Wright that we've been, you know, that's been revealed to us in the last year, then that you know the mystery of who this guy was has now solved. But the 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 story, uh, uh, as we were told, the 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 fable or whatever you want to call it, is legit. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What is a fable? A fable is a tale. Yeah. So we've been led to believe that there was this, you know, the shenanigans and the con and 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 the disappearing. It all was real. Yeah. Or some, some to a point, right? Yeah. Still fascinating. Yeah. Right. So I'm glad about that because I wanted that story to, you know, I wanted it to live on. I didn't want this guy to come out. And everybody go, oh, yeah, well, he has a, he had an excuse for everything, so there was no mystery, well, right? Yeah, there's a romance to it, yes. and let's just call it a redneck romance, <laughs> you know? I mean, because, yeah. uh, fr- fr- frankly, you know, there's, once you know what the magic trick is, the ma- that, you know, once that's gone, you yeah. don't ever get that back. 
Yeah. You know, like, and in, 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 so this is, there's a bit of mystery here. There's a bit of magic, a bit of romance. And uh, I, I love the fact that not only that Sterling has a perspective that nobody else on the planet has, but yeah. we have the ability to go, you could go call him up and ask him I about know. it. I know. I felt like that that was one person that would be able to either say, yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal, right? Or yeah. the mystery and all the buildup over the last two decades wasn't that big of a deal. Or, yeah, everything that everybody said it was is what it was, right? So pretty incredible um and 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 i don't know that i've ever really heard that much from sterling about this story so at least for me that's a good point yeah. he never talked about it i don't remember that yeah and he seemed willing to yeah um but nobody ever just, re- just, needed, he, so, just needed somebody to ask him and he was a he was a man on the grounds right he was there yeah uh right alongside he fixed the car when the, when lw Wright wrecked it and qualifying and and which i was thinking like why if you know he was a con and he wrecks it in qualifying um, why do you fix it? Why right. don't you say, hey, man, let's just call it a weekend? This ain't working out. Right. <laughs> He's like, I don't get my, he, apparently he don't get his money unless the guy gets the green flag. Right. <laughs> How about that? It's I mean, stuff. could you imagine a man walking, could you imagine a man conning his way all the way to the green flag of a cup race at Talladega, no less? Talladega. Well, if it's going to They're running anyway. 200 miles an hour? I know, but if, if there's anywhere you can probably get away with it, Talladega feels like that could be Why? It. I, because, I don't it's know. It's the most treacherous and dangerous, and I don't know it that... It just needs somebody with the balls to go do it. It certainly couldn't happen today, but anyhow, man, I'm glad we were able to talk to Sterling again, and I think this is something that maybe, you know, not every week are we going to have something where we go, oh, we let him out the door Forgot to ask them or wanted to wanted to hear about this, but now with this Thursday show, yeah, we got a chance to get them on the horn. So, well, we're one for one. That's right. Hey. After the first uh, first interview we did, I enjoyed Sterling. I, I um, you know, we said it uh, before he came in the studio. We we weren't quite sure what to expect with him, uh, in in terms of how he was able to have a conversation. You know, his what yeah. was his speech going to be like and. I, uh, I I reiterate the point that we made before that interview, and that is, did it require some grace? Sure. Does it require for us to go, uh, yeah, I'm, this may be a little harder than under, to understand than some others? Sure. But Sterling Marlin is still every bit the badass that he always was, and he comes in here toting beer, and 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 I think that he uh, exceeded at my expectations. I hope he exceeded yours, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed every bit of it. I did too, man. It was fun to talk to him. Way to ready to kick off this season. Yeah, uh, Dale Jr. down low with a great guest like that. I'd only wish we'd have drank the beer with him. People said that. I saw. I noticed uh, after we released this thing yesterday, they're like, "Surely y'all drank a beer with him, right?" He brought the beer. You didn't drink it with him, and I'm like, "It's a great point." It was Why? cold too. Was it really? Damn right, it was. I think he brought it, wanting to drink beer with us. Why did we not do that? We got to do better. Call him back. Tell him to come back. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dude, we covered a ton of stuff 
in Tuesday's Dirty Air. Yeah. But we didn't even get to all the things that we wanted to talk about. And even since then, there's been even new, uh, you know, news. I know, like our boy Connor Daly is going to be trying for the Daytona 500, which, by the way, how cool would that be? Because if, uh, if, you know, one thing's better than one guy, one podcast hosting the what Daytona car is he 500, the, the money team, the Tony, the, the Tony Jr. car. So, you know, let's, I hope he makes it. But that would be cool. So we've had that. We've got uh, other things. Listen. Kyle, but- Kyle Bush was uh, came out with a Did statement. You say Kyle Butt. Kyle Butt. <laughs> Just call him Kyle Butt. Kyle Butt. Kyle Butt. I mean, would that be the first time somebody called him that? Maybe not. I, I think, don't know. I think it is. Maybe this is the very first time he's ever been called that, Mike. Kyle Butt. Well, Kyle, let's call him that from now on. You are taking ownership of that one. Sure, I'll take ownership of it. Kyle Butt had a gun at the Mexican airport. Yeah. <laughs> that's the <Yeah>. headline. <laughs> yeah. But uh, did you uh, did you think anything of that news? Did you like? Did you like? Of all people, for that to happen, walking through the airport with a gun, I had to Kyle go. Butt. I, what, <laughs> I had to go. Um, I had to go and see if it was true. Oh, you thought he made it up? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I would say that I didn't know whether it was a real story or not. Whether it was um, what, like, is this some type of, uh, um, you know, do you? You check the Twitter handle and make sure it's it's the it's it's not a uh, parody account or something. Ah, uh, I got gotcha. you. Okay, well he put out a statement. I know he did. Yeah, yeah. but but you're saying it could have been from the. Uh, well, like, I'm just wondering, like it wait, could have been from an account like Cal Butt instead of Cal Bush, right? When I when I saw it immediately, I didn't I didn't think. Um, I just was questioning whether it was real or not. I'm like, you know, just like anybody else, like what? Yeah. Is this real? Yeah. Well. And then. Uh, I thought, man, I didn't. I don't see. I didn't see. Uh, I didn't see Kyle Bush as the kind with a concealed carry permit. Did really? You? Well, now that he works for Richard Childress, yeah. maybe that was part of the requirement. Maybe that's in the contract. Uh-huh. You don't hire anybody yeah. without a, a concealed permit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't drive for Richard. Yeah. Better tote. Maybe better be packing some heat somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I've. Uh, I had a concealed a long, long, long time ago. But uh, and I was gonna do the class again. I got lazy. No. Yeah. And just didn't do it. Do you know though? It's believable. I I had the same thing. It wasn't with a gun. It was with a knife. I had a knife in my backpack just a couple months ago going to Nashville, and I'm I forgot all about it. Mm-hmm. I just always had it in my backpack, and I just forgot what about it. What kind of like a regular pocket knife? Pocket knife. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. I can oh, see and, how. And, and like a heavy duty pocket knife. It wasn't a Swiss Army knife. And I'm telling you, it was like, you know. It was, it's a, it's a nice pocket knife and I'm just going through TSA. They said, sir, come over here. And now I'm like, oh God, here we go. What is it? What in the hell? I'm going to have to explain to them what an iPad is. What is it? And then they like hold up the knife and I'm like, so what happened? They took it. Right. They send you on. They took it. Right. Yeah. It it delayed me for a while because yeah. Five minutes or no, no, no. More than that. Not an hour, probably 30 minutes, 35 minutes. I wanted, I I wanted to keep the knife. They checked you out. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. They checked me out. And by the way, there's, there may be just a few Dale Earnhardt juniors in the world. There's a ton of Mike Davises and one of them's got something on them. Yeah. You know, one of them's got a track record. So they're not quick, Yeah. but, uh, yeah, so it's believable. I guess my point is, is that I, like you can forget that you're maybe carrying a weapon yeah. <laughs> into an airplane. Yeah, I felt embarrassed by it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's see what else. I just want to see if you had any reactions to these things. Um, you know, Kyle Larson's going to be running the Indy 500 in 2024. Yeah, that was some news that came out over the offseason, and, and um, he, had, he had hinted like, you know, he had interest, but there were some limitations, or he was kind of tired. And there was like a couple of years where he's like, "I'm tired of getting asked about this." Remember? Yeah. You know, and so, he, but he finally comes out and says, "Man, I'm gonna do it." Yeah. I think that will be a very, very anticipated event. Oh yeah, because he is young in his prime, and winning anything and everything he drives, and uh, so that 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 to me, I know we're not that thrilled about. I mean, it's not creating a big buzz now no more than any other cup guy that announces he's going to do that. But when we really get up on top of that, mm-hmm. that'll be a big damn deal. You're dang straight it will. Yeah. That's right. Because he, he really can just drive yeah. just about anything, right? Um, what about – okay, so we had an interesting week. We launched a couple new shows. We got one going out today, uh, the uh, Dirty Modo with Steve Latart's going out today. But we had Denny on Monday doing his first episode of Actions Detrimental. In that conversation, and also on Door Bumper Clear, a lot of people talking about how, what do you call it, the bumper tags? The bumper tags uh, still hurt. Yeah. Cars still causing it's some headaches. Rigid. Some, yeah. Cars still rigid, too rigid. Listen, uh, I know you probably get tired of me asking you about this, but you are the concussion guy. And I just, I felt after watching the Bush Clash, Bush Light Clash, that I started becoming very concerned about concussions and the susceptibility to concussions for 2023. And they're just, if these cars still haven't gotten any better, we're going to have a couple other drivers have yeah. problems, maybe even have to come out of the car. And I hate that. I hate that going into Daytona thinking about it. If they were taking these types of hits and coming out with these types of problems at that little racetrack that's not a racetrack, as you said on uh, Tuesday so eloquently, I can't even imagine what these hits are going to be like at the big tracks. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that um, NASCAR has made this statement that they are done and they have fixed the problem. They are finished trying, you know, they're finished making this car absorb the the crashes better. I think it's an ongoing process. And drivers are always going to be in some element of danger driving race cars. Drivers should never be satisfied with, the situation they're in they should always be outspoken and vocal about any concern they may have uh, such as denny and and bubba wallace post the clash they need to talk they need to mention what what they're feeling we you know they need to hold everybody accountable but i also know that nascar is still in the process of understanding where gains can be made how to how to make gains without creating additional issues or new issues. Uh, they did a lot to get the rear of the car to absorb crashes better, um, the harder impacts where a car spins out and backs up into the wall. Um, they, did some, they did something to the safer barrier that was unique, where they pulled the, um, they pulled the, the foam behind the spacer barrier out and had fewer foam pieces around the racetrack that would allow this uh, this safer barrier to absorb those hits, uh, those smaller hits. 
that was something I don't think anybody even was looking at. So we know NASCAR is looking outside of the the box, right? Mm-hmm. We know NASCAR is exhausting all avenues. And they won't stop. Uh, they won't say, okay, that's it. No, of course not. Um, now, we also got to know, man. I mean... Yes, we need to be in the we need to be on a quest for safety all the time, but we also have to accept the idea that this is ter- terribly dangerous. Yeah, and there will never be a fully one hundred percent safe alternative uh, other than just not getting in the car at all. So, you know, but yes, can this is this car rigid in areas? Yes. Will NASCAR try to um, identify and and find solutions to that? Yes. Uh, is it slow? Yes. Um, they're trying to avoid any unintended, unintended. So, for example, an unintended consequence to 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 a change would be this: NASCAR could have hastily uh, made a lot of changes to the rear clip of the car uh, to make sure that it absorbed crashes better last year. The terrifying uh, result or or repercussion to that is that the fuel cell would then go into the rear end housing or the or the um the transaxle and it would bust it would it would the transaxle is going to pierce and go through this the front of the fuel cell as the fuel cell squeezed between the wall of the transaxle fuel's coming out of it mm-hmm. and now you got a car on fire now you got a driver in a situation where he could get burned uh or killed and so, you you know that they were trying to make the changes to the rear clip and avoid creating that type of a repercussion, right? That, that clip's got to absorb, it's got to crunch, it's got to bend, it's got to go somewhere, but it can't send that fuel cell through the transaxle. Nope. Right. Can't do that. Um, so there's every time that you make a change, there's going to be a repercussion, and and it could be something severe. You yeah. can create an even more severe issue. And do you think everybody's going to have grace for NASCAR when that happens? No, for, but, but, you know, that's part of the job, though. NASCAR has to make this process work to where it doesn't create additional issues, and uh, it, it's going slower, obviously, than probably the drivers won't. But I, I do have confidence that, you know, there was a lot of loud, loud, loud conversation about it midway through the 2022 season. Drivers rightfully angered and pushing NASCAR to get some momentum. They now have that momentum. NASCAR is now trying to do everything they can. But I don't think that all types of hits are are now uh, better off for the drivers. There's still going to be some scenarios where these light bumper tags, bump drafting, you know, checkups in, in short track racing and so forth are going to result in hard, hard hits that the drivers want to have eliminated. They want that bumper to absorb crunch. Um, and there'll be a lot that NASCAR will have to do uh, to make that happen. Yeah, man. I, this is, uh, the car is going to have to have more changes. The, the, the sure. bumper structures, all the things that bolt onto this car, it's going to have to get weaker. It's going to have to absorb and get – that means more going to have to get torn up. That means when Denny Hamlin uh, sends his car, the 23 or the 45, the one he owns, down into turn three and it, it gets in a chain reaction checkup at Martinsville and it knocks the whole, you know, it, it bends all of the front uh, bumper structure 
but the car is able to continue and finish the race, well, that costs him, you know, whatever, $15,000, $20,000 to get a new bumper structure. Can't, right. can't fix that one. You got to in it and get a new one. Yes, it's going to get more expensive when these cars start wrinkling up. Um, it's a process. It's a process. Makes me also glad I'm not an owner. But yeah. uh, you, on the other hand, you know all about these bills. Dale, before we wrap up here, you mentioned it uh, the other day. You're going to be in the late model race this weekend. Yeah. When do you head to Florence? I uh, There's practice on Friday. Weather doesn't look great, but we'll see. <clears throat> um, a couple hours of practice Friday. The race is Saturday around 2, 2.30. There's a little practice in the morning and qualifying on Saturday, but we should be wrapped up um, around dark on Saturday night. All right. You're going to watch uh, – no, you're not going to be watching any NASCAR race because this is their last off weekend for a while. That's right. That's what Denny <laughs> said, last off weekend. So I think we're going to watch Super Bowl. Um, Super Bowl pick? You got one? Uh, well, I think, you know, you hate – you hate to uh, – any of the teams that are in your division, like the Eagles, I, pull, like for, I pull for the Commandos. You don't like them. You want to beat them. You right. hate them. You want them to have bad years unless they make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Then I am the kind of person that wants that team to win. Look at you. Because it makes our division look better. Okay. Look at <clears> you. <throat> that's, that's very commendable. Well – that's coming from somebody whose division's been the laughing stock, and you know, oh, that's the worst division in the league, where you know all the teams are terrible. Yeah. Well, if we have we have one of the best teams in the division, then we're kind of more well respected as a whole. Um, maybe it doesn't really work that way, but so I'm kind of pulling for the Eagles to be honest with you. It's hard to say, as hard as it is to say that. I am too. Martin, I want, plus, I want Martin Tricks Jr. to be happy. His Eagles. Oh well, I mean, it's been such a rough two weeks for him that uh, you know. Yeah. What, he needs something to be happy about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, you know he's loving life right now with his big clash win. Um, I'm going for the Eagles too. You know, half of Alabama's roster is made up uh, is on the Eagles. So Jalen Hurts. And although, the Commanders uh, have quite a few. They do. Yeah. They actually do. Uh, so that's that. Um, <clears throat> Have a good week. I uh, boy, what a launch week, Alex. It's been a good one. Um, yeah. We had a bunch of good podcasts this week, and um, I also want to just say, Ultimate Experience uh, Las Vegas seats are still available. You could buy your tickets right now at DirtyMoMedia.com. We've got a few seats left. A few. Um, it's a it's already a, a really good group. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be on March 5th. So if you want to come to Vegas and hang out with us, I think Brett's going to be there just hanging out, um, not spotting. So we've never had an ultimate experience with him on full uh, full liquor alert. Should be, should be <laughs> maybe, fun. Maybe we kick him out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So ultimate experience. Go to DirtyMoMedia.com. Dale, close us out. Whatever you want. Yeah, I just encourage everybody to go back as we close this week out. Go back and check out all of the stuff that we've been able to offer you this year. We've got an incredible year full of content. Um, Actions Detrimental, Denny Hamlin's new podcast came out Monday. Make sure you want to go listen to that. See what Denny's going to be telling us throughout the year. Get a taste of what kind of content you might get from that. Doorbell Clear guys are back at it, and um, we all love what they do. Um, <clears throat> Dirty Mo Doe from uh, Steve Latart. A bit of a gambling podcast, going to give you some odds on on everything happening around in the sport week in and week out. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how that is received. Um, and obviously uh, all the episodes of, of Dale Jr. Download coming at you every week. That's right. Make sure you check out everything Dirty Mo Media has going on. We're always growing and trying to provide you with new information, new content to, to listen to. And hopefully you're uh, giving us the great feedback so we can continue to change and grow our shows and uh, shape this business. Uh, appreciate everybody. It's been a fun week, been a fun record. 
Uh, can't wait to go race this weekend, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. <laughs>